Welcome to the Devotional Toddcast, hosted by Pastor Todd Walker and Crossroads Church in Littleton, New Hampshire. Tonight's Toddcast, I'm calling it Fighting with Love. Fighting with Love. It's an odd concept, I know, but... Did you ever get into a fight? I see some show of hands. Who, who's been in a fight, a scuffle, a, a brouhaha? This, you don't want to mess with this table. Basically, basically everybody right here. Don't mess with these people. <laughs> You're just the honest table. Well, who gets into fights pretty easily? Kids. Kids. My kids at least get into fights pretty frequently. At least once a day, one of our kids finds the need to shove, scratch, bite, or yell at one another because they're angry at how they're being treated. And then we have to come and remind our kids that that's not the proper behavior. Now, thankfully, that's just the children, right? Aren't we glad adults don't act that way anymore? You ever seen two adults fighting each other? It's a little silly. Kids, you don't have to worry because adults are not that much more mature than kids are sometimes. But here's the question. What is the reason people fight. I want you to think about that question for a moment. What is the reason people fight? I'm going to share a story with you while you consider that question, and I'm going to share with you a fight story that I had one time. Did you know your pastor was in a fight at some point in his life? I'm sure. Who said that? <laughs> All right, we, need to have to, we need to have a meeting, Cheryl. I need you to repent. Uh, I'm going to share a fight story with you that I had in college. College is one of those times, right? You're figuring out who you are. And in college, I took a lot of Bible classes and theology classes, but I also took a hard class called physical education. As an elective, basically it was a way to get credit without having to study, and that's always a good system. Well, this one time in gym class, we were playing street hockey. Anyone ever played street hockey? Yeah, street hockey. And like most gymnasiums, if you've been in one of those big gymnasiums, there's always kinds of like mats and stuff rolled up against the corners and the walls for whatever they were doing before. And that's kind of how this gymnasium was. So we're playing street hockey, and they have those mats and stuff and then random objects rolled up in the corner in the, in the, in the gymnasium. And while we're playing street hockey, the, the puck or the ball, they use a ball in street hockey, not a puck, it kept rolling into that corner where those objects and those mats were rolled up. And so when that would happen, someone would have to go and dislodge the ball with their, with their hockey stick so we could keep playing. And that's, I kept finding myself being that guy. The ball kept rolling into the corner of the gymnasium under the mats. And so I'd have to take my stick out and basically go and dislodge the ball so we could keep playing. And this happened the entire game. The ball just kept rolling into these random places. And I had to go kept, keep dislodging the ball so we could keep playing. And so... I would briefly pause the game so I could get the ball out, so I would use my hockey stick to dislodge the ball, and then we'd, we'd resume play. But a few times while I was doing this, a guy on the other team thought it was a bright idea that while I was fetching the ball out of the corner, he thought it was a good idea to start shoving me against the mats. He thought he was in the NHL. While I'm trying to loosen the ball, he's shoving me against these mats. And I think his, his objective was that I loose the ball for him, loosen the ball for him, he gets control of the ball, and his team gets the advantage. The problem was is that most people understood that while I was dislodging the ball, the game was paused. But this guy did not get the memo. So the first time, while he's shoving me against the mats while I'm trying to free the ball, I'm getting annoyed at him, as you might expect. 
and it's making my job of getting the ball out much harder, and I'm very annoyed at this guy. So like any mature college student, I looked over at this man and told him to knock it off. That's right, knock it off, hoping that would be the end of it. But he didn't listen because it happened again. The ball got stuck into the corner. I went to go dislodge the ball so we could keep playing. And he starts to shove me into the mats again. And I have no idea what's going on in this man's mind. So again, I look at, look at him for the second time and I tell him to knock it off for the second time. Only this time I gave him a threat when I said it. I said, do it one more time and we're going to have trouble. That's right. I was hoping that would be the, the end of it because my threat was so domineering. But this man was not a very bright man because he did it a third time. The ball got stuck in the corner. I went to get f to free the ball from the mat, and he began shoving me against the mat. And I had already clearly told this young man to twice to knock it off. And the second time I did it with a threat. And now I was fed up. Anyone ever been fed up? Yep. You just can't handle any more. So instead of asking him to please stop for the third time, I took that hockey stick and I swept his legs out from underneath him. I know, violent, right? I don't know where I learned that move. Karate kid? Too much karate kid. And it worked. He fell violently and hard, so hard that his face smacked against the gymnasium floor loudly. We all heard it. It was a violent fall and I was to blame for that violent fall. Suffice to say, this did not bless the man. He was very angry at me. He stood up with his face as red as a turnip because he just smacked it off the floor. And he stared at me angrily and then he took his hockey stick and he slammed it off my shins. Yeah, imagine that. I too was not blessed by this. So I grabbed him by the shoulders and I said, okay, let's dance. That's what I said. And I did not mean dancing. I was ready to trade blows with this kid. I was ready to go start punching this kid. And thankfully, this is at the point that the gym teacher decided to step in and remind us that it's just a game, guys. He told us to settle down and start acting like Christians. And this worked temporarily. But I was still mad. I was still really mad. And I was playing out all the scenarios in my mind of what I would do to this guy if he ever tried to mess with me again that day. Well... Nothing really transpired from that point. The fight didn't happen, and we ended up winning the hockey game. So na-na-na-na-na-na. It was a happy ending. But it's interesting to consider. That's kind of the, the worst fight I've ever had, which wasn't really a fight, I know. But it's interesting to consider why people get into fights. Isn't it true that when we get into fights, the most often reason is because we think we need to enact swift justice? Correct? Something happened against us that was wrong, and we need to correct the wrong. And if that is true, and I believe it is true, here's a few things that's going on in our mind that we believe is true about that situation. Number one, we believe we were wronged. Every time there's a fight, you believe you were wronged in some way. Number two, we believe we know who the responsible party is. In my scenario, I knew exactly who it was. Number three, we believe that if we don't handle it, it won't be handled. Correct? Number four, we believe we know what measure of justice is proper to hand out according to the crime that was committed to me. I had to sweep the man's legs out from underneath him. And number five, we believe that we deserve to be treated better than we were at that moment. So we fight. The problem is for Christians, fighting is not what we were called to, is it? Now you read Romans 12. I want to read a passage from Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. 
Listen to this passage. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 38 to 42, he says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now, we like that part. Like, that's right. You take my eye, I will take your eye. You take my tooth, I want your tooth as well. But I say to you, he says, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you. Do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Now, isn't that very countercultural? That's very contrary to my fighting story. According to this passage, here's how I should have acted towards my street hockey opponent. Number one, I should have let him shove me as many times as he wanted to. Get all the shoves out of the way. Shove me as much as you want, buddy. Number two, I should have let him shove me from the front, the chest, as well as from the back. I should have turned around and let him shove me that way. Number three, I should have not, I should have not only let him shove me, but I should have complimented how much I liked his shirt and asked him if I could buy a pair of shorts to go with the shirt. Number four, I should have asked him if I could help him do his homework over a burger and some root beer. I mean, come on, who would do this, right? Who would do that, such a thing? Is Jesus joking around here? Is this honest? Is he using hyperbole? Is he exaggerating Jesus? What's going on? Instead of seeking justice for ourselves, we're supposed to give out love to those who desire harm to us? It's at this point that I want to tell Jesus that justice is deserved, Jesus. Love is not. To which I believe Jesus would say back to me, exactly, Todd, exactly. Justice is deserved and love is not deserved, and that's exactly the point. See, two profound things happen when we show love to those who desire harm for us instead of seeking justice for ourselves. Number one, when, we're, when we are mistreated, we get to understand what Jesus went through on our behalf when he was punished for our sins on the cross. And when we fellowship and share with Jesus in that way, we get to experience one of the most profound blessings of our life, to be able to share with Jesus. Now I want you to imagine briefly, because it's a very grim thought, imagine if Jesus came down to pick a fight with us, because he was wrong. We had wronged God. We would all be in, in really big trouble. But number one, we get to fellowship with Jesus, and that's a true blessing. Number two, as we learned on Sunday, and hopefully we've been reminded tonight, is only love can defeat the darkness. Hate, anger, and retaliation cannot defeat the darkness. You know that, right? Those things cannot defeat the darkness around us. On the contrary, hatred encourages hate, further hatred. It does. In my story, my, st my hockey stick leg sweep caused this young man to slam his hockey stick against my shins because hatred begat more hatred. That's what hatred does. Hatred and anger is not the biggest power move of all time. What is the biggest power move of all time? Love. Love is the greatest power move of all time. If the devil can lure us into fighting the world the same way they fight us, then guess what we do? We lose our leverage. We lose our leverage over us claiming that we have anything different than the world. We claim we do. We boast all the time that we have something different than the world has, but when we fight them just like they fight us, we lose all that leverage. And they can say to us, see, you have nothing more than I do. You're exactly the same as I am, and we have nothing to say in reply. But if and when we show shocking love and forgiveness to those who seek us harm, 
then we gain all the leverage because we can say to them, see, only the Lord could give me that kind of power to respond in that way. And therefore, the only way to fight the evil of this world is with Christ-like, selfless, sacrificial love. Now, there is a time for standing for justice. We are called to stand against the harming of others, especially those who are indefensible. There is a time for justice. But Jesus has taught us and reminded us tonight that when it comes to injustices against ourselves, we're to leave the judgment to him. And we should instead fight and defeat the evil of this world through acts of shocking love and forgiveness. And it may be countercultural, but that's exactly what makes it powerful. That it's countercultural. It's not what they expect. It's not even what they want initially. And that's why it works. It glorifies God instead of man. It reminds this world that someone came to this earth to give all of us shocking love and forgiveness. And we're reminded by Jesus, by Paul, by the word of God, let's go out there and do likewise to the world. Let's show them shocking love mercy, and forgiveness. And I hope that's a blessing to you. Thanks for listening to the Devotional Toddcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. Learn more about us at CrossroadsOfLittleton.com. Crossroads Church, seeking to shine the light and love of Jesus in the heart of New England.